All right. Greetings and happy Tuesday. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. First downs and flip tricks. It is the 27th day of November. I hope you guys all had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving. Enjoyed family, food, and football. Uh, Some great football, unless you're a Trojan or a Tiger. Uh, No comments there. Uh, I did receive uh, some texts, actually, on Saturday afternoon from my Buckeye buddy, uh, Dave Smith, and from Sal Barbier from another a Tiger fan, uh, rooting for USC on Saturday. However, uh, today is Giving Tuesday. It is also the 11th anniversary of the passing of Sean Taylor. Um, he is gone but not forgotten. Uh, continue to rest in peace. I also want to wish a happy birthday to Nick Ferguson. And today, um, I'm going to, bouncing back and forth, uh, the schedule today is a little off. Not a little off. I'm a little off, but the schedule kind of flipped on me. Uh, so, but I'm really excited to welcome. We're going to talk uh, USC football. A lot of things going on in Los Angeles in the football department right now. So, at the top of the hour, Ryan Abraham and after I'm going to have uh, Sam Farmer is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Welcome back. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. I'd like to welcome, I'm super excited to welcome back someone who has covered the NFL for 25 seasons, 22 without a team in Los Angeles. Three-time finalist for California Sports Writer of the Year. He's also an actor and someone whom I hold in a lot of high regard. I'd like to welcome Mr. Sam Farmer. Oh, thank you, Desiree. Nice to be back. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, And I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Did. I did have a great Thanksgiving. Two of them, in fact. One with family and one with neighbors. Wow. So it was nice. No, yeah. was, that, was that on the same day or was that, did you spread no, that out? No, okay. uh, Thursday with my wife's uh, family and then we had neighbors over on Friday. So it was, it was nice. Extended the holiday. Yeah, that sounds good. More food, more food, more football. We had a lot of it this exactly. last, last four or five days. <laughs> um, yeah. And I have to say, I love that um, the Peyton Manning video you posted for your son that he did for your son. When did that uh, happen? That was, uh, well, let's see. That was probably five years ago. Uh, my son's always been a big Peyton Manning fan, so he, he had a nice little, um, you know, minute minute video that he, uh, that he made for my son and uh, uh, on the occasion of his sophomore year of high school. And so it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was very endearing, and it was cute. I saw your son replied to it as well. Um, really, really sweet. Um, so yeah. if you're just tuning in, you can join, you can follow Sam Farmer if you're not already at LA Times Farmer um, for one of the best, uh, the best in the business, I think. Uh, now, oh, thank you. No, I, I always appreciate, you know, all your work. Now, Philip Rivers, you wrote this beautiful piece about him. You included this um, vision board from his family's home that he did when he was 10 years old, I believe. Um, he just broke records this last week. I mean, 25, first ever to go 20, to start 25 and 25, had a phenomenal game. Can you, this, this, he is, there's something about Philip that I've noticed that is different this year. Do you pick up on that as well? Uh, well, I, I, you know, I think back to a few years ago when he had problems with interceptions and uh, he does seem, um, you know, I talked to Rich Gannon after after I called him from the Chargers locker room. I'm, I'm actually um, I'm answering a question, but let me, let me tell you this. It might shed some light on it. Um, Rich had completed 
21 passes in a row uh, when he was playing for the Raiders in a game, I want to say it was against Denver uh, in 2001. And uh, Rich said, and I said, what is it about Phillip that makes him so effective now and makes him look so calm back there and sort of sanguine back in the pocket? And he said, you know, there's there's nobody better in a muddier in a muddy pocket than Philip Rivers with all the bodies flying around and and the arms in front of your face and and everything. He sits back and and uh, uh, can survey the field and is sort of un, unflustered by that. And I asked Philip about that, and he said, you know, it's just experience. He said uh, the game is slowed down to a point, and maybe this. This what looks a little different this year. They're protecting him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a running game, and so they can uh, sort of make defenses play them honest. And um, he just seems very at ease. And, you know, he's, he's back there throwing darts. Now, whether that's – I think it's partly Phillip. It's partly the rules, NFL rules now, both protecting quarterbacks and defenseless receivers. The game is just set up um, for big passing games. And we've seen that from Goff. We've seen that from Breeze. We've seen that from Roethlisberger, Rodgers, and, and certainly from Rivers, who's, who has really played his way into the MVP conversation. Yeah, no, and what you picked up, what you said, that ease, and that's something that I picked up on this season. He just seems to have, like, his demeanor has sort of shifted. He seems... Um, just a, not as he just seems more at ease. I don't know if that's a, and that yeah, well, you know, and, off and the field even. Interesting. It's an interesting team right now because this team might be the first in league history that's really played sixteen road games. Uh-huh. I mean, they have had to go to the silent count at home a lot, and often, at least vocally, they're their crowd is outnumbered by the visitors. And so I think that could serve them well in the playoffs because they're not really tethered to a home stadium or reliant on a home field advantage. And, you know, that, that could sort of galvanize the team. I agree with you. They are road tested uh, for sure. Uh, And done, I mean, God, seven of eight, the last eight games they've won. Most of those on the road in Seattle being for, you know, one game, you know, they're going back to Pittsburgh this week, this Sunday night. Uh, yeah. Temperatures, I look, though, don't look too uh, – There doesn't look like there's going to be snow. It looks like it'll be a high of 56, a low of 40-something, I think, is when I looked earlier today. Um, what is it about this stadium, Heinz Field? Uh, you've, you've covered the NFL for, you know, 25 years now. I'm assuming you have been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit, <laughs> and I'll be there this week as well. Yeah, you're doing a doubleheader, uh, right? There's uh, well, I'll uh, I'll be in Pittsburgh this week, and then and then Chicago next week for the for the Rams. Okay, so, okay. Uh, I might. I'm still sort of toying with the idea of going to Philadelphia for the Monday night game, but but which is a big one, obviously against Washington. Yeah. But um, I'm not quite there yet about whether I'm going to do that. The uh, uh, Anyway, the, the Heinz Field, you know, it's a great, great home field advantage, seems to be, for the Steelers. They play well at home. They play particularly well 
in primetime games. Uh, and certainly as the weather turns colder, I think it could rain on Sunday, but I've seen 40 degrees in rain. You mentioned it, it being slightly warmer. Um, you know, this is just one of those traditional crown jewel NFL franchises that sort of kicks it into high gear after Thanksgiving. And, and with the quarterback taking seven spots after Phillip Rivers uh, in uh, um in the 2004 draft. So it's interesting, you know, a lot of people sort of assume that Ben Roethlisberger, the hall of famer, uh, Eli Manning, there's, you know, I, I think there are people on both sides of that argument, but uh, I was talking to Chris Collinsworth today. We were talking about, um, about Philip Rivers in that uh, MVP argument. I mean, I, I'm sorry, hall of fame argument. And, you know, here's a guy who's only played in a, in an AFC championship game, uh, played very well on a torn Achilles or torn ACL. Mm -hmm. But um, he believes he's a Hall of Famer. I believe Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. But these are the kind of games that really distinguish you. You know, if Pittsburgh wins this game, people will say, well, you know, Pittsburgh's turning it on, they're getting it rolling, and, and they won't really think about the Chargers. If the Chargers win this game, it's a seismic event particularly without Melvin Gordon, but it, it, it could really tilt the balance of the balance of power or how it's perceived in the AFC. If the chargers go in there and win, um, you know, they at eight and three are a real uh, potential Super Bowl contender. And, you know, they might be set up to go deeper in the playoffs than the Rams. I don't know. You know, it's, uh, the, defensively, they have uh, the capability to cause a lot of problems. I think the fact that Melvin Gordon is is uh, has a sprain a sprained MCL, so he he should be back uh, before the end of the year. And the experience of Philip Rivers and his receivers uh, make this a very dangerous team. But but Pittsburgh is rolling now too. I think they're playing a little better defensively. They were playing very poorly earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. uh, offensively, even without Le'Veon Bell, uh, James Conner has stepped up. They've got a great offensive line. They got Ben Roethlisberger and Juju um, Smith-Schuster, Antonio Smith Brown, Antonio Brown. So they're loaded offensively. So it should be a very interesting uh, and good test. For both teams, really. Yes. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Sam Farmer of the LA Times. Uh, Sam, this this field also, I know, around this time of the year gets a really worn down uh, with multiple football games on it when the weather sort of shifts as well. Um, I, I have not looked at that uh, as well uh, as far as if there's any games that have been on there or will be on this week. Uh, but that's always sort of a concern as well with the running game. Now, Chargers also have Eckler, uh, who is phenomenal, I think, and uh, a totally different type of running back uh, who will be able to step in. Uh, Detrez, Newsom, and uh, there's another running back who had a great, who actually is on the practice squad, Jackson, uh, who did really well um, the other day as well, which alleviates, obviously, Phillip Rivers' uh, being able to throw. I mean, I think it helps with uh, all the way around. I think any good team right now with a good quarterback has to have a running game. 
Yeah, absolutely. And especially uh, in inclement weather. And if it were to, to start raining or the wind were to pick up, um, but just as the weather turns, you, you want to be able to run the ball. Traditionally, the teams that can do that are the ones that uh, excel in in December and January. So, um, yeah, I think Eckler, uh, the way they've gotten him involved um, in that sort of uh, smaller back uh, slash receiver out of the backfield role that we've seen traditionally with the Chargers. They mm-hmm. they tend to do that with whether it's Danny Woodhead or before him, Terrence Sproles. Um, they've got, you know, Philip Rivers likes that, likes a, a very mobile back who can get outside the numbers and, and catch some passes. But um, certainly they'd love to have Melvin Gordon right now. Yes. Uh, but this is, a, uh, this is not a bad fallback plan. But They'll be challenged, and uh, and again, Pittsburgh is very good in prime time. Um, you know, I'm I'm leaning toward the Steelers in this game, just being at home, uh, being a prime time game, um, similar team in some ways to the Chargers, and and the fact that uh, uh, Chargers have to come across the country and don't without Melvin Gordon. Yeah, but they do have Pouncey, who has made a huge impact, I think, with the running game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've you know, seen... and I'm not, I'm not saying no. I mean, I think it's going to be close. I, I, you know, it's it's hard not to pick Ste- the Pittsburgh Steelers because it is they are home, uh, and they are they are weather tested. They are tested, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think it'll be a, it'll be a great game, and we're going to find out a lot about the Chargers in this game uh, because this is a. Uh, this is a real test. And they and both these teams look are vulnerable. Both of they lost consecutive weeks to Denver. Uh so they they share that the AFC that. is a very intriguing conference right now. It is. Now uh during the half, and I think you were at the game as well as I Tony Gonzalez, and I don't know if you heard uh reference Toy Story and the analogy on Fox NFL intermission show, uh Patrick Mahomes being Buzz Lightyears and Philip Rivers being Woody. <laughs> Philip dresses like I, he totally dresses like Woody. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, interesting. That was a, yeah, I thought it was kind of cute. And yeah, then, that's, uh, that's a cute. That's probably right in his wheelhouse. Tony's about that age. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So now, yeah. and you were at the stadium. Um, one of the things, obviously, there's two. You know, Los Angeles. There's no surprise. LA has has struggled to embrace not one but two LA teams. The Rams sort of made this huge surge. Um, I mean, I think that uh, the Monday night game, uh, the Mexico City uh, tragedy or tragedy of the field management, I should say, um, was a real blessing for the Rams. Um, and this felt, and I wasn't there. You were at both games, but this felt more of a, you know, Pete Carroll USC era kind of a football game, that sort of feeling. Yeah, yeah it was really uh, the energy uh, in the stadium for for anticipating a great game. Roger Goodell was there, and and, and the, the fact that the tribute to the to the first responders, uh, the fires and the, and the shooting, the mass shooting, um, really made this a special sort of landmark event for the city of Los Angeles and for the Rams. Um, there was a real energy to that. And I mean, who couldn't love that game? 54, 51, uh, all the records that were set, you know, you've got, you've got 
you know, theoretically four MVP candidates on the field uh, in, in, you know, three Rams, if you want to throw Aaron Donald in there and then Patrick Mahomes. And it was really exciting. And that's, that's the preface to Los Angeles having the stage for the next three weeks. I mean, it's got Sunday night football this week, Sunday night football next week, and the Rams play at Chicago and then Sunday night football third week when, when the Eagles play at the Rams and sort of ironically, both of the, uh, both the Chargers and the Rams at Chicago were flexed into that Sunday night football spot. Mm -hmm. And the one that was there might actually be flexed out of if, if, if the Eagles go down the tubes and the Rams have clinched, um, that might be a less appealing game. So sort of paradoxical the way that works out, but this is a, uh, an exciting time for LA and we're going to find out, but it's, it is strange. I will say going to chargers games and this is a very compelling team and uh, doing as well as they are almost beat the chiefs uh, in the opener eight and three right now. And is is solidly in contention for a wild card berth, if not a division title uh, because they do play at Kansas city. And yet, Yes. Uh, the fans just aren't there, and so it's it's weird. It's a weird feeling. It's it was it's, it was awing, and I mean, and knowing those players as I do, and you do a, you do even more so is just you know this is a, a really kind of a, a a really neat group of guys in that locker room, um, and you kind of I just God I kind of feel for them. I mean, God, it's like it's not you know this is they're playing well on the field, and yet it's mm-hmm. not even filled. And this is an opportunity for people who you know, maybe aren't even NFL fans to be able to see an NFL game at that, at that level. It's, it's, um, it, you know, I was baffled that this was, it was a, you know, it looked That's like a third, bizarre. it wasn't, a, wasn't full. It wasn't sold out I mean, or quote unquote it was, but. Yeah. That, I, I almost look at the photo negative and say, these guys are really lucky. I mean, most teams have to synthesize a uh, underdog mentality or us against the world mentality. We saw that with the Eagles last year mm-hmm. with uh, we're all we need being their mantra. And they, and they had the dogs, the dog. underdog mm-hmm. masks, everything. <laughs> well, I mean, Anthony Lynn is getting this gift wrapped for him every game. He can point to the stands and say, look, nobody's, this is, it's just us. It's just about us. We're doing this ourselves. And so it really almost does them a favor Mm -hmm. uh, in in terms of uh, being a uniting sort of principle that now I was there uh, Sunday and maybe uh, you were there with Joey Bosa, but after the game, Joey said, you know, a lot of people on in the media have written off Philip rivers saying he's old, saying he's washed up. And I was kind of chuckling because I was thinking, no one's saying that. No one has said that this year. In fact, Philip Rivers is entering the prime years for an elite quarterback. Uh, at least in recent years, the guys hit their late 30s and they're at their best. And so, I mean, look at Drew Brees at 39 right now. Look at, you know, Peyton Manning before him and uh, Chris Warner before him. It's Yeah, Brady's over 40. So I don't think anybody says that. So he doesn't need to make something up, which – which that was sort of <laughs> yeah, manifested. 
BS, but 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 they do have the uh, us against the world thing reinforced every time they look into the stands. Yeah, no, they do, and I think adversity brings you closer together. I mean, for sure, it just does, you know. Um, and so now, um, you know, I wanted to ask as well because you have been privy to both, obviously, all locker rooms. Um, you know, I think of. Um, I read something, I think you po- you posted it, obviously, about being invited uh, when the Rams came here to meet with the coaches. Um, sort of a very unique and special thing that you were privy to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think maybe uh, we're thinking about a chalk talk that, that uh, actually the people, yeah, who, who cover that team were invited to sit in with a chalk talk on with Sean McVay. And... Um, I brought a good friend of mine from from my alma mater, longtime football coach Dale Weedoff at Occidental College. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought Dale with me, and we sat in. It was two hour chalk talk, mostly looking at uh, Jared Goff. In fact, it was probably five snaps that we looked at and broke them down to such minute detail that it was almost frame by frame. And he was talking about what he saw in Jared Goff, what Jared Goff had done right in those seven games that he started. And he was 0-7 as a rookie uh, at the end of that season, 2016 season. And, you know, it, 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 if anything, you could see that, that Sean was a compelling speaker. You could see that he engages with people, that he listens to questions and he gave uh, very good answers but also that he knew this stuff down to the granular level and uh, and could teach it could teach it and so that's what I walked away with I thought well he's 31 years old I don't know how well he's going to connect with the players I don't know if you can implement this stuff because a lot of guys can say it but can you get players to do it I don't know if they have the personnel to do this but that was impressive. <laughs> that, that was my feeling when I came away from it. And now, of course, we've seen that, yes, he can implement that. Yes, they do have the personnel. Yes, they were going to go out and get the personnel they didn't have. And we had the coach of the year last year and potentially the coach of the year this year. So um, it was a neat little glimpse in a uh, window into uh, what the players see every day and and I thought it was very impressive. Yeah. No, and then Wade Phillips is is pretty darn special as well. Uh, and then it, what was so funny for me is that watching him and then seeing the his god his grandfather, I believe, uh, was with Bill Walsh's uh, dynasty. And yeah. uh, you know, and, and reading Bill Walsh's book, The Score Takes Care of Itself, um, you know, is such an inspiring book. But I felt like. I mean, obviously, he's read the book. He lived through the book, you know. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, John McVay really helped put those great 49er dynasty teams together. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he was there for the he was there for the big win over the Niners this year. He was in the locker room. I talked to him after the game, and and he said, you know, it's strange being in the. Now, of course, they played in Candlestick, but he said being in the visitors locker room at the 49ers stadium and celebrating is a strange feeling but <laughs> i wouldn't have it any other way you know this is my grandson and then uh, obviously uh, uh tim mcveigh uh, uh sean's dad is at every game as well as is cindy his mom so 
That's pretty yeah. cool. Family is special. Well, I've, yeah. uh, I promised you only, uh, you said 20 minutes and we've gone 23, so I, I would keep talking. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm going to be honest because I want to keep our relationship going. <laughs> oh, thank you, Desiree. It's always great to talk to you. You too, and hopefully I'll see you at Chargers uh, soon and or see you somewhere soon and have a, have a safe travel.